Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm Kevin Hayes. Today on the show, we have Vince Fowler. He's a business coach, a TEDx speaker, a veteran, and all-around nice guy. Vince and I talk about digital marketing and how to increase your digital footprint. Hope you enjoy the show. Vince, uh, who are you and what do you do? Hello, Kevin. I am first a human, <laughs> full of um, full of flaws and curiosity. Uh, I used to describe myself as a business coach. That's how I identified myself. Before then, I would say I'm a rugby player or I'm a paratrooper. Whatever it seemed like, whatever career I was in, I would choose some sort of label to identify myself. But I, I'm more of an explorer, and what I mean by that is. Uh, an explorer of wisdom and execution. So, meaning I explore and execute wisdom of past and present so that others live life on their terms. I just happen to coach, I just happen to speak, I just happen to do workshops or seminars. And just in just innately, I'm, I love learning how, what wisdom people have, how they made, how they got those lessons and how it, how that lesson has made an impact in their life. So. And then I transfer that knowledge. So that's the exploration and execution of wisdom. Knowledge is not power, it's the execution of knowledge. So tell me a bit about what that means as a coach. Well, I guess as a coach, if a person went into a client session thinking they had to have all the answers, they would be really stressed out, super anxious, hoping that their client would, whatever help their client was looking for, they would have it in their brain bank. And that would, that idea would just destroy my confidence at times. Because mm. I don't know anything about, let's say, veterinarian medicine and a veterinarian business, but what I do know is I know that when someone is faced with uncertainty, regardless of the business, First of all, let's un- understand the anxiety and the uncertainty that they're dealing with, and then let's go figure out, let's try to reverse engineer if we can figure out what success would look like, then together let's reverse engineer how we get there. And I can leverage the experiences of other businesses, regardless of their industry, to find a solution for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, so why, what kind of, common challenges do you see with businesses? When we're talking about small business, it's almost, well, let's go to the baby side of things. Uh, and I don't mean baby as an infant, I just mean like a startup. A startup is, you know, they, they've got this idea and they want to get it out there. And so their challenge can often be things like capital. They've got the great idea, they've got the great widget, they need the money to invest in it. Or they've their startup in that most of their product or service is just intellectual property or cupcakes, now they've just got to get awareness. And so creating that awareness, which is through their marketing strategies, and earning that business, which is through their sales process, that's their biggest challenges because they're really great at creating a product or a service. I mean, that's why they went into business, I think, is, hey, if we can take advantage of this opportunity, we can create something, we can create a business. Let's use cupcakes as an example. Great at making cupcakes, but the art of marketing, the art of sales are completely different skill sets than making a really beautifully, a beautiful looking cupcake, a beautiful looking cake 
and uh, the skill in creating one that's actually delicious that someone wouldn't want to buy again. So mm. the art of what they do versus the art of how to build that business around it, two different skill sets, and that's the challenge of small business. And then as that business grows and scales, uh, let's say we're hitting two, three million dollars, we've got marketing squared away, we've got sales process squared away, now the challenge becomes, well now I need a team. So now I've got to learn how to lead, I've got to pay more attention to culture. And as the business grows and scales some more, now all of a sudden our, our systems, or rather our lack of systems, are starting to break down. And it's the, you know, the business is kind of on a house of cards. So mm. things start going sideways. So man, we've got, we've got to implement a lot more systems so that the business is more sustainable because the business owner in the initially did everything. But now that the, you know, now the business has five or 10 staff, well, now we need someone to help us with our IT. Now we need someone, you know, in-house or freelance, for example, to do what you guys do and help with their social media and their online footprint and their, and their digital messaging. Uh, sooner or later they have to decide is their HR solution because no one in-house can do it, they either freelance their HR solutions or they hire someone in HR. So as their business grows and scales, new problems come. But in my playground, largely small and medium business, we're still talking creating awareness and and uh, turning that awareness into predictable sales. So, so when you talk about marketing and sales as a different skill set um, and a business, as an example, maybe a really good cupcake maker or um, maybe selling cars or uh, maybe a tourism destination on a bed and breakfast. Um, how does an organization that is limited on resources of time, um, money and people start to look at building sales and marketing process? Well, I think first we all have to admit that every single one of us in business today will always be la lacking resources. Mm -hmm. And success is not about the resources we have or don't have, it's it's all about our ability to be resourceful. Uh, from a military perspective, the Canadian military, from a funding perspective, is significantly less than the American defense budget, right? Mm -hmm. American defense budget is $600 billion. I don't know what the Canadian one is, but it's it's not that much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, But we still get the job done. You know, we go overseas and we do our job and we still get it done. Small business is the same thing. They're like these little armies or these little Olympic athletes that go out and they still got to win gold medals even though they don't have access to all the bells and whistles. Like, So um, digital media is where I think there's a level playing field because every single business owner has access to the internet. You got an internet connection and a computer, you can go head to head with any other business out there and you can look really big when you're small and you can generate a lot of awareness with just a few, you know, a few hours here and there invested on a routine basis. And you can create something really exciting. You have to have the sales process in place, of course, to convert those, you know, to convert that awareness into customers and to repeat customers and to referrals. But without that marketing awareness, uh, a business will, will really struggle and probably only survive on word of mouth, which goes to hell in the handbasket when uh, the economy takes a 
hard left turn down shitty road. So you're pretty popular on the internet. Uh, you have a <laughs> fairly substantial uh, digital footprint. Um, uh, can you talk about some of your philosophies or some of the ways you approach your uh, increasing awareness through digital activity? Yeah. I was, um, so my business is uh, completely independent as a coach. I'm going to be five years old on September 4th this year, coaching for six years. And there's a, there's a firm in Calgary that is, from a manpower perspective, a lot different, a lot larger than my, than my practice. You know, they've got five or six staff, they've got coaches, they've got administrators. And I'm a one man band with my, uh, with my wife working with me too, sort of half in the background and the other half, she's doing some digital marketing for our clients. Uh, but my footprint is significantly larger than theirs. Mm-hmm. So that's the result of, of leveraging digital media, whether it's, you know, my first place was LinkedIn. Now, for me, when I started coaching on my own, my own practice, I didn't have the money or the resources to go get a professional website built, and I, I didn't know how to use WordPress. I had a WordPress account. Uh, I downloaded a template. It was like Latin to me. I knew nothing. It was really ugly, really gross, and I knew I realized that LinkedIn was already out there. LinkedIn and Google are best friends. If you Google Vince Fowler, my LinkedIn profile shows up higher than you know than anything else out there. In fact, most people's LinkedIn profile usually trumps in the search listings. Will almost always trump you know their their job, their their business or whatever. So I thought, you know what? Why don't we just play with LinkedIn? So I started playing with LinkedIn day in and day out, really understanding it. It was I treated my LinkedIn profile like my own website, and lo and behold. I started getting email, I started getting in-mail, I started getting phone calls. And LinkedIn was a huge, uh, a huge mechanism for me to, to build my business. Can you, um, so what does that mean you use LinkedIn and you treated it like your own website? Well, if, if we went back to, I don't know, like say 1850 <laughs> in downtown Regina and you've got this boardwalk where people walk along and they would stop and stare in a store you know the shopkeeper would come out of that store and would say hey come on in Kevin try on this hat you know try on this try on this six shooter check it out you know come on in my store and they would pull you in like you know that's because you looked in their window well Mm. in, in LinkedIn people look at your profile and I thought well why is he looking in my profile so I started experimenting with different questions to find out why they looked at me and the more I experimented I started getting questions like well actually we're looking for a workshop facilitator actually we're looking for a coach actually we're looking for and it was a solution I provided now sometimes they would say you know what I was bored Uh, I thought you were uh, the same Vince I went to school with I thought I thought I thought but just asking that question, hey, I, you know, I noticed you viewed my profile. Did I show up by accident, or were you, you know, were actually what I say is, I did I show up in some unique search result, or was this just accident? Mm, that's a great question. That's all I ask because you only get three hundred characters, and then when they respond, 
because not everyone will respond. And when they do respond, then I send them another note back and say, oh, you know, hey, thanks very much. And I send them a little video I created where I introduce myself on a video. It's two minutes, so I say, you know, it's a two-minute video, one minute too long, ha, ha, ha. Nothing's for sale. There's no cheesy offer. I'm not asking for an email address. Just wanted to introduce myself differently. And again, so now I'm using YouTube to create a video to feed the person who looked in my store on LinkedIn. And now I'm creating a dialogue with someone that I don't know from Adam, but all of a sudden they're saying, you know what, hey, I'm, tell me about that LinkedIn workshop you're doing. Um, I see that you've got, uh, you know, tell me more about this coaching thing. I always thought it was kind of, and away we go, we have a conversation. So that mm -hmm. question alone has been incredibly helpful in, in increasing my brand and my awareness and earning business. Oh, that's great, and I really enjoy the your approach around using YouTube to uh, introduce yourself and your personality and uh, the way you think, talk, look, your credibility, uh, leveraging that um, to create that personal connection with uh, the the user who could be looking for your services. And, and sometimes they're not, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. The idea is that there's these people out there that they're looking, and we want to find out why. And most people send a random connection with no context and they connect with each other and they don't even comment back and forth, which is bizarre because if we bumped into each other in a bar, mm -hmm. at the very least, we'll turn and look at each other and say, oh, sorry about that, pal. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, hey, aren't you, you're Kevin, right? I think I saw you on, you know, I thought, I think I saw you at a meetup. All of a sudden, like that's, that's what it would be like in real life. So why not, why not behave like that online as well and leverage audio and visual because text is just straight up boring why don't we leverage audio and visual and create something different hmm. so how much um, time do you spend online given that you're a small business um, let me ask that question a different way um, sure. do you use lots of um, paid advertising as well or uh, uh, is this all organic how does that work or what's the split? Most of my activity is, I'd say 99% is 100% organic. 99% uh, is 100% organic. Isn't that interesting? Um, <laughs> my, my bit is almost all organic. I have experimented with the paid advertising stuff, whether it's in Facebook or Google, um, Google uh, AdWords, mm -hmm. mostly for an event, just to create a little bit more reach. but my own you know creating awareness about vince fowler in the community or the province or the or north america is all organic and when we look at time capacity a business owner in this day and age is putting in about 16 hours a day you know some you know more concentration than others during the day but it's entrepreneur life is each are long days and we enjoy them that's not a complaint 40 percent of my time is actual coaching the 60% of my time left over, I'd say out of that 60%, the vast majority is marketing activity of some kind, offline and online. Oh, wow. And I'd say, you know, out of that 100%, so 40% is coaching, speaking, whatever, uh, I'd say five to 10% max is, is um, administration. Mm -hmm. And then the other 50% is all marketing activity and out of that marketing activity 
half of it for sure. I, I have no analytics to prove this, but half of it for sure is online. Hmm. So is there any other approaches in addition to what you mentioned about uh, LinkedIn and your website and using uh, YouTube to create a personal connection? Are there any other approaches that you value in creating a larger digital footprint and evening out the competitive field um, with larger organizations that have bigger budgets? Yeah, for sure. When we're little, like we, you know, my background is military as well. So we think, well, how do we make a bigger dent in this with, with less, less resources? And so we get, you know, we get in the military, we get sneaky, right? You know, how, what can we ninja? What can we hack? What can we do to look bigger or look more aggressive or whatever? Position ourselves. So for me, I've, I've, for a while now, if I post, like if someone goes to my Twitter, at Vince Fowler, almost every post has a picture with it. So we know that pictures will slow people up and then they'll stop and look at a post versus a post without, without a picture. Pictures tell them a bigger story. So I'll almost always add a picture with a post, whether it's on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. I created my own hashtags. So if when I use that hashtag the first time, I'm the only one and it's only been used once. It's not a big deal, but three years later, four years later, five years later, when someone clicks on that hashtag V Fowler, now there's a ton of information. Hmm. Big business is gonna go buy a billboard and that billboard is up, it creates a lot of awareness while it's there, but it costs a lot of money to be there and eventually they're gonna take it down. My hashtag will always be there as long as Twitter exists and and face and now thankfully LinkedIn has embraced hashtags within the last three months. Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, you click on hashtag V Fowler and it's almost all me. So I can look really big with and spent zero dollars on creating my own brand and it's gonna show up, it's gonna it's gonna show video, it's gonna show picture, it's gonna show thought. And the third thing is it different is better than better. There are a lot of coaches in Calgary. There are a lot of coaches in Canada. There are a lot of coaches in the world. So how do we differentiate ourselves from each other? And a lot of coaches, a lot of executive coaches, they like to put on their suit and their tie and they go to work, but that ain't me. I don't wear suits, I don't wear ties, I wear comfortable clothes because I'm, I could be in some fancy office downtown and then I could be in a bakery next and then I could be in an engineering office next. So I wear jeans, fun shoes, fun shirts, and, uh, and I got comfortable because this is media, I got really comfortable with my own voice. Mm. And, and I speak my mind respectfully and even when I say something really stupid, I don't delete it. Because people, like I don't say stupid stuff on purpose, <laughs> but when emotions get the best in me and I go out and I tweet, or I, you know, I whatever, I post something, and I catch a bit of beef, you know, I catch a bit of flack for it, I never delete it and I always respond to the people who, who took their time to challenge my thought, my thinking, my behavior, and I just leave that out there, you know, like, hey, this is me, the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm a human being. I give a shit about stuff. Might not, <laughs> we might not care about the same stuff, but I definitely have an opinion and there's a purpose behind the opinion. So 
I've learned that different is better than better. That's Sally Hogg said that I learned it from. Hmm. I always I, I try to always include a video or largely a photo and um, create my own hashtags around my own thoughts and ideas. So that's really fascinating. Uh, the uh, Sally Hogshead, she's the author of the Fascinate books. Is yeah, How to Fascinate. How to yeah. Fascinate. Yep. That's great. Um, uh, I really uh, also enjoy your creating your own uh, list of content and uh, on Twitter by using hashtags. Uh, that's uh, that's clever and smart as well. Uh, that's that's a long-term game, and um, very uh, actually all of this is a long-term uh, requires a long-term view and requires um, much like gym activity. Uh, you're not going to get a six-pack by going to the gym uh, today, but uh, give it a year, give it a couple of years, and uh, of steady, consistent work, and uh, it'll it'll pay off. Um, so, in your experience, have you seen have you seen B two B companies or B two C companies uh, who think that social and digital activity is is just not for them like it just doesn't fit for their business have you ever experienced a business where uh, this approach that you take um, in terms of creating a large di digital uh, footprint and creating awareness have you ever seen a business where this doesn't work so I, I see that attitude a lot um, an engineering civil engineering company their customer would be shell progress um, in Canada, CNRL, these are all large oil and gas companies, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, this, the, my customer is a civil engineering firm and they would say, yes, you know, this digital media stuff, it's bunk, you know, doesn't work for us. And, and it, there's other business examples out there where they would say it doesn't work for us. And I would always challenge that because a very wise man said nothing is good or bad but thinking makes it so. Mm. That was Shakespeare, and I haven't read a lot of Shakespeare, but I, I tripped over that quote years ago. I thought, okay, let's, how do we look at this differently? Because what are we trying to prove? And he thought, well, I can't, no one's going to buy from me on social media. So, okay, take the word buy out. Can we influence them in any way? And maybe if we cannot influence Shell, can we influence the ultimate end user who's the ultimate end user in this game we're playing is it you know and when it comes to oil and gas it's the person at the pump or something else but maybe we can use it for that think of think of different ways we can leverage digital media to first look human to second promote the cause that we actually go to war for every day and who can we who can we leverage rather who can we use Sorry, my own words get mixed up here. How do we leverage this to influence opinion? Because mm -hmm. if we don't say anything, if we don't help educate people that, you know, Alberta oil and gas is actually the most regulated, same in Saskatchewan, oil and gas in, in Canada is heavily regulated. We've got higher standards from everything from employee sourcing to production to delivery. Our standards are higher. Our remediation when the oil and gas when the the drill is you know the well is dug and the well is dry and now we move on the the remediation and the give back to the to 
you know, how we make that look pretty again, that's massive. So if nothing else, leverage your expertise to influence the, the, the masses that it's not a bad thing and that there's good with this and, and use leverage pictures to show, you know, here's this beautiful green field. It used to be, it used to be a big, ugly hole. Here's this beautiful clean river. It used to have um, petroleum uh, leaking into it from oil, just organically natural gas or oil deposit being around. But because we went in there, we did drill it, we did clean it out, we did make it all pretty again. Now this now this stream and river fish can come back. That story doesn't make it out there. We could use our digital media to echo the benefits of whatever it is we're trying to do. Yeah, I I think what you're talking about uh, is something um, uh, or a belief system around digital that you and I both share, which is uh, becoming your own printing press and uh, becoming your own sure. media room. And um, you know whether you're, um, you know whether you need to get you need to have the people influence politicians or uh, whether you know you're a company that sells internet service and you want to show how uh, your involvement is in the community uh, so no direct sales to selling internet digital can help you tell your story and help you connect uh, with the audience that you're wanting to connect to um, yeah. and because there's always something for sale I think that's one of the biggest challenges that uh, I hear from people is that uh, or organizations they uh, unless they can connect a direct monetary transaction to their digital activity, they have a hard time grasping where digital fits into the actual funnel, so to speak, whether you're selling an idea that pipelines are good or whether you're selling tickets to um, a museum. Um, you know, organizations have a hard time understanding where building relationships actually fits into the funnel and how digital fits into building relationships. It's, um, yeah, you know, I think because we, people can't connect the dots to an immediate sale, they write off the strategy. Mm. And, and business has to realize that we need long-term strategies in play and we need really proactive strategies in play. Mm -hmm. And so every business can decide what that looks like for them. But just take those big billboards we see on the highway I, I ran into a guy one time that sells these things and um, <clears throat> and I said how effective is a big billboard and he you know like he goes as long as you promise to never say my name in public I'll tell you exactly because <laughs> he was just selling it because that's his job his job is to sell these big digital or these big giant billboards mm -hmm. and he said unless you know he says take McDonald's for example if McDonald's has this random billboard out in the middle of the highway that says, hey, McDonald's, you know, promoting our next McWhatever burger, mm -hmm. for them it's creating, you know, a constant brand awareness. But if you've only got, a, if you've got a small budget and you're going to, you're definitely going to buy a billboard, it's only effective two ways. One, when you say, you know, my business, the next right. If you've got a hotel, um, you know, um, Best Hotel Regina, let's just say that's the name of the hotel. It's a really cool name, Best Hotel Regina. This giant billboard is along the highway and it says, the next right. Oh, okay, great, I pull off and there it is, so it works. Or, 
and or you put a phone number on there and it's a really easy phone number to remember and it's probably a word phone number like you know 1-800-BEST-HOTEL we you know we can remember that so we can dial 1-800-BEST-HOTEL and make a reservation mm -hmm. and that phone number is unique to that marketing strategy then when the phone rings and the phone and it comes in from that number we know that hey it was the billboard that sent us here not our w typical 1-800 number outside of that it's just a really expensive sign mm -hmm. yeah so, it, it's interesting um uh the um the understanding of our marketing and its effectiveness is is a is has always been a struggle in traditional and digital and I yeah. find in digital that um, I hear a lot of people talk about data and wanting to understand the data and having um, you know Facebook be held accountable but we're still in the early stages of understanding what that is and even clients um, you know years and years ago when I was first starting out I used to bring out these giant spreadsheets that I thought were so impressive and clients initially liked them because it showed all the data but uh, it didn't take long before they started um, you know falling asleep during the meetings because it was just too much information and uh, too much data and uh, so the real value I'm finding in 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 agencies and in uh, marketing uh, and even if I was running a small business is, is there's a lot of value in understanding information and then turning that information into actionable um, activity, uh, which I think is what you started out with uh, in the beginning. Yeah. We talked about wisdom and, and such. Like, take a guy, because I say the exploration of wisdom, past and present. So there's, there's lessons I've learned from people who aren't alive today, whether it's Abraham Lincoln, who said, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first two sharpening my axe. Mm -hmm, I think it's mm -hmm. eight hours, but whatever. And then there's there's someone who's alive today. You know, wisdom is wisdom. So Simon Sinek does a TED Talk in 2009 called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And he talks about the biology of how people make decisions. So not psychology, but biology. Mm -hmm. And what I found fascinating was that um, the, the part of the brain that makes decisions for us is the limbic brain and it, what's unique about it is that it's in, it's in charge of all of our decision making, it's in charge of our feelings, emotions, and it has zero capacity for language. And yet when we use marketing, marketing is leveraging the neocortex, which is data, analytics, language, but does not make decisions. And marketing is, hey, here, come buy us, buy our product because it's fat-free. Buy our product because it's gluten-free. That, it, it sounds like it makes sense, or buy our product because it's 50% off or whatever. It sounds like it makes sense, and that's a really good way to market our business. But if we go to a deeper level and say, you know what, if you, if you value food that gives you the energy without giving you the the, un the unwanted stuff, the cramps and this and that, then you've got to try our cupcake. They're gluten-free. Mm. All of a sudden, nothing matters because I'm listening to what we both value. And for me, I, that's where I started to go. Early days, I'd say, you know, buy, hire me because I have these widgets. I'm a, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But now in my marketing, 
I really focus in, if you value lifestyle, if you value running a business that you don't have to go and work at every single day, because if you value a business model that allows you to do live life on your terms, whatever those terms are, maybe we should talk. Hmm. Versus, hey, I help people double their income. Right, right. Well, true. But I don't want to work with people who just want to double income. I want to work with people whose business is a vehicle to live life on their terms. I want to help them define what those terms are. And let's design a business that allows that lifestyle. Hmm. That's real interesting. Uh, double the money doesn't mean uh, half the stress or half the working hours or half of any of the problems that we're trying to solve in life. Um, there's an there's a author that wrote a book. Um, I forget his name, but you know, it said double your income doing what you love. And um, that makes sense. You know, hey, double, double, my, double my revenues doing what I love. Okay. But if I've got a lot of problems. So if I double everything, then I've got twice the employee problems. I've got twice the inventory problems. I've got twice, twice, twice. So I'm not saying his message is wrong. I'm saying, you know what? If you if you believe if you started your business to live life on your terms, to make your own rules, then let's figure out what those terms are, and let's make that happen. The business is just the vehicle to get there. Completely different message. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, we could go on talking for the next several hours, and uh, we often do that, not on podcasts. Uh, so, uh, but unfortunately, we got to come to an end here. Um, so, I've just got a couple of last questions uh, sure. that I have for you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to offer up that uh, we didn't talk about today when it comes to marketing, media, or anything else? I probably just want to re re reemphasize that digital media can do some immediate, create some immediate results, for sure. But ultimately, if, if a person is in business or a person is working for a said company for, for the long game, then digital is so amazing because it's still there. You know, Create your own hashtag, put up a photo, and use it, the second thing would be, use it to shine a light on others versus, versus shining a light on me how can I leverage it to shine it on others? You know, I've learned a lot of things from you over the years, and I wouldn't be as I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't pay attention to the the wisdom that you've shared with me and implemented that wisdom. And so it's important to to say thank you to the people because together, you know, as we all play this game of business, we're we're better together than so. Yeah super random but it's the long game and use it to shine the light on others as much as we more than we shine it on ourselves that's great um uh, uh i want to give um well first of all before i um want to shout out about some stuff uh, on your website um where can people find you and get a hold of you well i've made it really easy google vince fowler if nothing else uh, but vincefowler.ca, that's me, and that will that one page will is sort of a portal to go to my coaching, 
to go to my speaking, uh, to see my TED talk, to see um, the measurable difference, to see the to see where I play. You know, uh, so it's all there. Great. Yeah, there's a really useful um, uh, free downloadable PDF uh, on your vidsfowler.ca. That's F-O-W-L-E-R. Uh, framework for mastery in eight steps um, seems to be something that uh, you should be charging for, but you are giving away <laughs> for free. So uh, that's uh, uh, that is the essence of uh, digital good digital marketing. Give it all away for free because it's all out there anyway. Um, yes, cool, it is. Thanks uh, so much for your time today, yeah. Vince, and uh, we'll chat with you uh, when we chat with you. Always a pleasure, Kevin. Keep up the great work you do. I always watch and always pay attention. So thank you. All right, thanks, man.